But I feel if you want to write a good copy, or even if you do compare good copy and great copy, good copy literally is just like you know um, what your audience or your customer want, and then you just speak your 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 copy just speaks directly to them. That's good copy. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Kaching Show. My name is Brian Ching, and this show is dedicated to motivated individuals, inspiring them to document their journey, and for like-minded entrepreneurs who are keen to learn more. Through this channel, we aim to impart financial, marketing, and business knowledge from the brilliant minds of other entrepreneurs to you. This episode is on the art and science of copywriting, and today I've invited my good friend uh, Jason Pang. He is a copywriting expert, and he has founded a copywriting agency which is based in Malaysia, serving clients in the United States. So let's have Jason Pang. Share with us about what he do and uh, why he do what he do. So, Jason, could you share with us? You know, um, how did you get started in copywriting, and uh, why do you do copywriting? Maybe. Right. So, um, a little bit back to you know my story where I first started. Um, I graduated. So, like most people, I followed my parents and graduated in accounting and finance. So mm. after that, um. I went into you know the banking industry, and got a job in like the big firms, mm-hmm. and you know initially I thought it's gonna be something different. Uh, I'm gonna be like you know in a banking, uh, environment, and I'm gonna be like very professional. Mm-hmm. But little did I know I need to sell, uh, insurance and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I w- I was in the shoes of you know many insurance agents and competing with a lot of insurance agents. And you know, uh, I was in there for like three weeks because wow. I didn't like the environment. Yeah, just three weeks. <laughs> I was like one week away from getting like paid, but then I decided to uh, quit because I didn't like the environment there. And you know, I even though I was getting paid quite well, right? But then I didn't really like the environment there. So and then they they are not you know, adapting to a lot of marketing. They're just doing like you were, you were suggesting things and they were not receptive of what you were suggesting. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. And because they are doing a lot of old school uh, methods, mm-hmm. so it's really, really tough to actually stand out in this current, you know, digital age, right? Yeah. They are like asking me to do cold calling and, you know, cold outreach, go, going to the streets and it's wow. quite tough. Yeah, honestly. it is. Like nowadays, uh, so many of them on the streets are being rejected because uh, it's a really new ball game. And maybe like, do you quit? You know, knowing that you're gonna do copywriting, or do you quit like uh, with nothing at all? I quit with nothing at all. My my initial plan was just to go into digital marketing because mm-hmm. I was in the shoe of not knowing how to prospect, how to get clients, or how to yeah. get how to get sales coming in. Mm-hmm. So. I initially went out, quit, and then I moved on to um, digital marketing. So at first, I was like thinking, I'm going to do like social media marketing. I'm going to learn. I'm going to try and test things out on my own profile yeah. so that I can help someone else. But then, you know, as I go through and then I learn about, because when you, you know, when you learn about yeah. digital marketing, there's like PPC, there's like Facebook and a lot of things. And then yes. eventually I came to copywriting mm. and I find it really interesting because they said, you know, you can actually sell with words without 
selling um, through you know your mouth so mm -hmm. that actually got my attention basically. yeah wow so so how like what was that one thing that you like made you notice that copywriting was something that uh you really wanted to do for the next like you know five to ten years? Mm. Yeah, because I think a lot of people believe that you know getting sales is like closing. Right? You need to get on a phone call, you need to close them face to face physically or through a phone call or through voice. But then you know you can actually get people to be interested and you can actually sell to people through words and that actually was my lightning moment was like the aha moment for me yeah that i can actually sell with words i don't have to you know a lot of people are trying to master the skill of getting on the phone but to me i think if i can sell pre-sell people with words then getting on the phone becomes way easier so yeah. that was my initial 100%. thought so so yeah. So maybe can you share with us like were you good at writing before you even started copywriting? I'll be honest, no. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I do get good grades in yeah. English, but um when it comes to grammar, it's not that good. Mm. My grammar, like my vocab, is not that wide, it's not huge. I yeah. I I know like basics and foundations, but so is that true definitely that if not like, if anyone, you know, like an average guy out there, definitely if he wants to put in the effort, the work, he can get to where you are right now one day. Yeah, 100%. Really, to me, the language or the grammar doesn't really matter. Like, mm. to me, copy, it's like really knowing what your audience want and you just speak the language to them. Speak their language, mm. essentially. So, as long as you can adapt, your language to them yeah i think that's so 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 talking about that what makes a really good copy like from your experience uh, how long have you been in copy and what makes a good copy that's actually a very good question because um to me um okay so i started about a year ago mm -hmm. and trying to master it and really mastering the craft of copy and throughout the one year um, I've done bad copies I've done good copies maybe even great copies but I'm still in the process of learning but I feel if you want to write a good copy or even if you do compare good copy and great copy good copy literally is just like you know um, what your audience or your customer wants and yeah. then you just speak your 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 copy just speaks directly to them. That's mm -hmm. good copy. But great copy it combines like the science behind it, the art. So good copy, I mean great copy is like um three there's three factors to, to me. Like that's what my mentor told me. So mm -hmm. there's art to it, there's science to it, and then there's also the persuasion part of it. Okay. So once you have all of the elements in that and you can portray your copy your message in a very nice structure then i believe that's going to be a great copy that actually hits to the audience way more better than a good copy mm. so so can you like explain more like what what is the art what is the science um i think because people who don't know anything about copy they probably don't even know what is art and science of copy so maybe you can explain uh, slightly more like 
what what do you refer to when you talk about art and science of copy? Mm -hmm. So, um, for, let's just talk about the art first. The art it's more like the structure, the flow, how you transition from your opening to your sales message and then to your close to your objections. All these is like the art, the structure. Mm -hmm. So if you if people can read your copy and find it really interesting, that's a good part. You don't want your copy to be boring. So yeah. if your your copy is boring, people will just leave for like after mm. reading the first two lines, right? Yeah. And then the second thing about science is really understanding how you know consumer by consumer behavior, mm. right? The science behind it, what actually triggers the emotion, what actually triggers them to buy, you know, what is the deepest fear, deepest desires that they really want to get rid of. Yeah. And then the last one is persuasion, where mm. you need to know how to persuade someone to take action. Mm. You, you the, need the, the final the right words. Push towards the sale. Yeah. The Got final it. push the words to actually get people to buy. So talking about that, right, is copy supposed to persuade or to, supposed to be relatable? Like which one is it supposed to be more? I think the objective comes down to what you want to do with the copy. So let's say you want to uh, get people to buy something, then it's definitely the persuasion part. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want to build um, brand awareness or you know you want to write an email to nurture relationship, then definitely um, the, the letter. But I think when you mix both together, it will definitely work well. Mm. But at the end, you just have to look at your objective, what you really want to do with the copy, and then you plan it out. Hundred percent. So, have you seen like any bad copywriters out there? I mean, from your experience. I think that's a trap. <laughs> that's a trap question. <laughs> like, I mean, I just wanted to ask you. You know, like, what makes a difference between a good and a and a very uh, inexperienced copywriter? Like, what do you think is that? one thing that differentiates you to become a good copywriter? Mm, so firstly, I don't think there's any bad copywriters. There, there might be inexperienced copywriters, but there's no bad copywriters as long as they just keep practicing and mastering yeah. the craft. Mm. Um, I think one thing that actually differs is that I don't write copy. So a lot of people believe that you know copywriting is just literally writing. So a lot of people just open up a blank document and start writing their thoughts down. Yeah. Uh, I don't do that. I usually uh, plan it out, I strategize it way before I write. Mm -hmm. So I think I showed you before, like I have a file, a document where yeah. I compile everything in. Um, so that's my, my go-to strategy where I compile my thoughts, my strategy, how I want it to sound, what's the objective, how it's gonna look like basically the outline. Yeah. And then I just put all these puzzle pieces together. And you actually do, and you actually do like research on the prospects or like the target audience before you actually start writing a copy, right? Yeah, 100%. So I think that one single thing actually differs between inexperienced and a good copywriter because inexperienced, inexperienced copywriters, they will just open up and then just start writing. Yeah. So, so like maybe if we go deeper into, you know, what is your process before you actually even start the document, like start writing? Like, what, what do you actually go through? Like, can you share with us? Like, I'm sure it's quite a, 
it's quite a long process, I would say, because you really do your research, you do your, uh, yeah, you go and like really find the emotions that you want to get out of this whole copy. Like, can you share with us more about that? Yeah. So, um, this is something that my mentor taught me that if you look at the whole wide world, right, the best persuasion or, um, the best thing or the best product or the best services that actually get gets people to convert is not like the big tech company is not like any big company but it's literally religion so instead of just focusing on how big companies are actually converting uh, you know prospects into customers my mentor actually taught me to look at how you know uh, religion convert non-believers into mm-hmm. like people who goes to church every Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> right? So to me, like it actually hits me really, really hard that the whole structure, like how people, you know, if you look at, I'm not sure if there's any Christians or Christian audience out there. I'm not a uh, Christian, but is that like how, you know, the Bible actually stories, story tells you mm. the whole entire journey. Yeah. Show you how, like what they did exactly yeah. that persuades you like, Mm. Yeah, to me the structure is basically underst- at first understanding what your you know who your audiences are, who you want to actually uh, hit. You know, for the Bible, it's like hitting non-believers and stuff like that. People mm. who don't believe and stuff like that. Um, and then from there, I would go into different websites to really search and nail down a type of language which we call the jargon. I don't want to change that. Like your copy has to speak the language exactly to how they usually speak. Mm. So the jargon is really important. So once you know who you're trying to, uh, your target audience, and then you use their language, which is your jargon. Mm. And then you compile everything together as much as possible. And once you have that, it is outlining, um, you know, how the copy is going to look like. So there's actually a structure, there's a formula for that, uh, which is how you know, religion converts, but I don't think I'm going to share it today, but I'm going to share it next time because it's going to take me like hours <laughs> to explain the whole structure. Nice. But yeah, basically, yeah, but basically just a quick rundown right, about the structure. It's going to, it's like, first you identify their you know, enemies, you speak mm-hmm. about that, build the emotion, and then like at first, you know, just like any other movies, at first it's either like a very um, kind of like a climax at first, mm. half climax, half yeah. climax, and then something happened to their life. It goes down downhill very yeah. very badly, mm-hmm. and then they try to like figure something out, get rid of it. They test different things out, and finally, ah, it got a little bit better than before, right? It goes up a little bit, but then it is not where they want it be yet and then something worse happened and it goes on so it's like up and down so that kind of like the story structure that we usually go through is this like a hero's journey kind of story structure it's like hero's journey but um i think the best way right it's to really go back to the bible and i mean um doesn't matter what religion you're in just read it through and see how the story goes 
So, so basically, learn their storytelling techniques in uh, religions to actually see how they convert non-believers to believers. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I, I mean, personally, so, I'm not a very religious person. Maybe I should like, you know, start reading stories and actually learning how they write. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because what I feel is that, you know, religion converts... Mm. I think Christian Chris, Christians they convert at what sixty percent of the oh. world's population. So if you really break down on it, doesn't matter if if you read uh the Christian's Bible or the Islamic's um Quran or whatever, yeah. right? The story is the same, right? The the technique, the structure is the same. Okay. So once you let's let's not go too deep into that before <laughs> later. Uh, it might backfire. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Jason, like, maybe you, can you share with us uh, what was the struggle you went through like when you were starting out with copywriting? Like, I'm, I, I mean, personally, I'm also into digital marketing. So, I knew, I know there's a lot of struggle when you just get started and uh, it's always the first step that's the hardest and uh, I don't know about you, but what, what was your biggest challenge when you were starting out? Mm, I think my biggest challenge was getting the right clients. Mm. I think a lot of people who are starting up, they are trying to get clients, and so they go like, "I'll do it free." <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll do it free. I'll do it very very cheap. But then you know, at the end, it's not getting the clients that you want. Hundred percent. And then you're gonna work very very hard yes. for them, but then they don't appreciate you. Yeah, at first that was me. Like when I first started, I think that that was one of the biggest challenges. Like I can get clients; it's easy to get clients, but then it's not easy to get, you know, the right clients, the dream clients. Yeah. So, so what what is like a dream client to you? I think the dream client to me is, you know, clients who really understand how important copy is, and that they you know acknowledge my expertise in it. Yeah. Yeah, instead of you know people who are like, oh, I don't know what copy is, I'm just gonna pay you really cheap. You're gonna pay me peanuts to do to do all these services. Mm. And that and that comes from trust, like trust, correct? Because uh, I faced that before. And how do you actually build that trust when you know you before you even meet a client uh, or a prospect? Like, how do you actually build the trust with them? To me, um. There's a lot of people who say that you need to keep giving value. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that it's only 50-50 because even if it's the wrong clients, no matter how, like if you give 100% you give. or 200% yeah. off, yeah, they, they still don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So really nail down on the right people uh, with the right mindset so that when, when you approach them, when you give value, Mm-hmm. you don't try to sell them anything like I don't try to sell anyone anything like I just give um, I'll try to give as much to impress them and to help them transform their business instead of just giving something that is um, somehow valuable but it's not working it's not a solution yeah. for them I think, I think that's totally uh, being very ungenuine and I think what this triggers me to remind me of a quote that my mentor once said he was saying you know, the worst thing you can do is to actually close someone you don't want to serve. Like, 
it's going to be very painful. Like I experienced it before. Like you close a deal, you feel very good, but end up you feel like the afterwards, the journey, right? It's going to be very, very bad because you're going to feel very hard. It's going to be very hard to serve that person. And it's going to be, uh, you won't be happy doing it. And in the end, it defeats the purpose of living like a corporate job because you're not even happy in what you're doing. So, uh, yeah, the, that's the one of the worst thing that you can do to yourself as an agency owner. That's what I think. Hundred percent, I totally agree. Because there's no point from you, you know, starting out on your own, but then still being enslaved to your own business. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very true. Yeah. Then, then, like you know, for people starting out, like when they are starting, let's say even copy or digital marketing, maybe you can bounce some ideas on like, you know, what, what are some tips that you want to give them when they are just starting out? Mm, that's actually a tough question. For people who are starting out, mm, I think for me, if, let's just say for my, for my case, for my example, if I were to start again, mm. I would, 100% focus on not chasing clients, but really taking the time, you know, and listing out who you want to work with, and then you work your way towards that. So this is something that, you know, Russell Brunson talked about, the dream 100. Yes. I would definitely, definitely do that at the very beginning. So if you were to start, you know, uh, an agency or a business, really nail down and dial down, like, who you want to serve. You know, you need to be really, really clear. Yeah. And just, just don't, you know, go around and listen to everyone's advice. That's the second thing I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> agree, agree. Yeah. Yeah. My, my personal opinion is that I, I feel like before anyone tries to surf, like, I think there's a lot of practice needed to become good at what you do. So, uh, I think it's fine to not, uh, over, it's, you shouldn't overcharge. Like you should um, be humble, try to serve people that you want to serve, like what you said, and really get good at your craft first before trying to, when, when you get more confident you and like more competent, you become more confident. Yeah. So I think that's one thing I will like advise myself, like don't try to rush to get so many clients and really become very good at what you're doing before you try to, to scale your business, you know? Yeah. True. Very true. Yeah. So, I mean, as you said, right, like, you, you don't want to start off too high. Because, mm. like, I think you recently just shared about a graph. Mm. Um, yes, correct. About an ex expert. Yeah. How experts really get to where they are. Correct. So, a lot of people, when they start, they feel really confident because yes. they got off their old job. Or they, or they just got off a seminar people. course. Yeah. Right? Like, after getting a seminar or reading a book, then they started to feel very confident. Yeah. And I think one thing you really need to get away is your ego. Yes. You really need to be humble when you first yes. start out. And you can listen to all the comments. So when you get clients, you can listen, you can try to ask for comments. Because when I first started, you know, I charged very, very low. And I mean, sure, surely, there will be clients who will treat you very bad because you charge very low. Mm -hmm. yes. But then you can always ask for comments and then learn from there. Yeah. 100%. To be humble and really uh, 
like I think when you're asking for a testimonial, especially like that's the best time to ask for feedback because uh, that they'll really be true if you like uh, what do they think of your service and once you acknowledge it right and you internalize all those kind of feedback, you actually become much better and that's how you really I feel dominate in terms of because right now everyone's saying you know digital marketing copywriting all these are very saturated but as long as you are you know willing to actually learn I feel you know you'll go very far in this area yeah mm -hmm. true yeah I mean to add it on to what you just said it's to really master the craft don't, don't go on bouncing like into different shiny objects because I know a lot of people do that yes and and like you know every single new scheme like drop shipping and all these then like people just trying to jump off the bandwagon to get rich quick or like uh they just chase all these shiny objects which is which reminds me of this point like i think it was by melvin uh melvin so he was saying that uh the most priceless uh the most pricey thing that you can do in business is actually to restart and i was just listening to the podcast with gabriel today uh, his mm -hmm. podcast with Gabriel like yeah because your client list your prospects and all this like you're just restarting back to zero and uh, your experience in that new area will probably be zero so it's going to be very painful so whatever you're doing now you've got to be really clear about you know what you want to achieve in the next 10 years if you're not going to be in this business for about 10 to 15 years don't even get into it in the first place right mm -hmm. yes yeah okay so Jason, how long has Malaysia been locked down in? Um, Looking at your two hair. Months. <laughs> two months. Yeah. Two months. I have to wear a cap. I have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and can you share with us, like, what's the situation right now like in Malaysia? Um, it's getting better. Mm -hmm. So, I mean by that, what I mean by that is that uh, it's getting a little bit loose. People are already going out, but then, you know, we're practicing social distancing. Mm. distancing yeah and and like how, how are businesses doing in in specific mm, like there are a lot of businesses that actually closed down mm -hmm. during you know the lockdown period yeah um, yeah like I think I feel bad for a lot of businesses because they just couldn't adapt quickly enough to the sudden mm. changes Correct. and all of them have to, you know Lease out their, their you know businesses just to have the cash flow enough to stay alive, stay afloat during this Damn. lockdown. And and, yeah. and what about yourself? Can you share with us like how how's business for you? <laughs> um, I I would say so far so good. So mm -hmm. far so. Good. That's a bit humble, right? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I would say so far so good because you know I'm still helping more local businesses. Mm -hmm. um, to get online, yeah. To actually still stay afloat and survive through this crisis, like like for a very cheap fee, is it to actually help them sustain their business? Yeah, I try to go. I mean, I just want to help more people, like more businesses to transform. Awesome. If if I go in to charge like original prices, correct. Kind of like, it's gonna kill their business. Them wait. It's yeah. gonna kill their business right off the bat. Yeah, 100%. So like, what, what are you actually doing differently, uh, you know, for your clients or even your, for yourself as a, as a copywriter? Are you doing anything differently? Mm, I would still say still the same mm -hmm. uh, even before the lockdown because 
world, what we focus is to transition business online and really um, focus on that. Um, but, you know, one thing I really want to talk about is how a lot of businesses are, you know, trying to take opportunities or trying to take advantage of this, you know, crisis. Yeah. Which I think it's just too, it's just bad. Like, they are trying to, you know, implant fear, mm -hmm. you know, implement fear into yeah. their copy, into whatever that they're selling, into their ads, and really get people to spend money that they shouldn't be spending. Because oh. a lot of businesses, they are so fearful. Because like, mm -hmm. as I said, you know, in Malaysia, there are so many businesses that actually close down yeah. uh, because of the lockdown. So people are like trying to buy into the fear, and mm -hmm. which I think... Uh, it's just bad. Like for me, what I did differently is that I'm just there to serve as much as possible, and that's like for me currently. Like when I qualify my clients, I make it really, really clear that whatever that you do is to serve your clients or your customers as well. If not, I'm not gonna take them up as yeah. you know, a new client. Hundred percent. If not, like it really doesn't align with your own values, and it just ends up. You're just helping them to actually promote a negative cause, which is, yeah, which is, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's why, like, yeah, always start from the ethical part. Mm -hmm. Like, know what, what your values are, know your principles, and, and sure. maybe you can explain more, like, how, how do they actually, like, uh, trigger that panic or that fear in people to actually make them to purchase, uh, products that they don't have to purchase. Right. I mean, if you look at ads on Facebook or Instagram right now, it's just all over the place, right? Like yeah. people are saying, oh, this guy made X amount of money in one week or this guy made $10,000 within one month or whatever it is. Because people are not having enough businesses, they're not getting enough sales mm -hmm. during this lockdown. Yeah. So, you know, how these businesses are actually implementing fear in their marketing uh, campaigns or whatever it is, it's literally just telling people that, you know, if you don't do this, because I, I, you know, I subscribe to a lot of email lists because mm. I always break down their copy, okay. right? Like I put it into my sweat file and stuff. So yeah. whenever I read, when, you know, the whole lockdown started, mm -hmm. every email that I receive, it's a negative email, right? Every email that, you know, I get is like, are you affected by Corona? Are you being slapped by Corona? You know, like all these things are like, you know, right. when they try to sell you thing, they'll try to make you feel bad. Mm. They try to make you feel very, very negative. Like if you don't do this, if you don't, don't take up my offer right now, the Corona virus, the whole lockdown thing is going to destroy your business. So, so, people, so, so do, you, do you feel like, because right now I feel like we are in the stage of so much pain, right? Okay. I, I agree and disagree with your point because I, I know that in sales, right? There are two ways, whether like previously we were moving from pleasure to uh, more pleasure, but right now, like I think people are buying because of the pain to pleasure, right? So as much as we don't want to promote get rich quick schemes, uh, do you, do you think like the messaging will still say the same because uh, if your messaging stays the same previously, like from pleasure to more pleasure, like it won't really relate to them. And uh, if, but if your product is good and if your product really works, like I would definitely do my best to market that product because 
uh, I know that it will really help them get out of the pain uh, to the pleasure, the promised land that they want. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree with what you said. Um, but also we need to look at the market, how most people are advertising or marketing mm -hmm. their offer. Yeah. Um, if you really look down to it, I think I believe there's at least 90% of the people out there mm -hmm. trying to you know, market um, how to get away from the pain. Yeah. Which is which is true, which is good. Um, but on the other hand, I would go for a different way. I would go for another different approach. Approach, okay. which is to you know sell positivity. Mm. So people who really work really really hard for their business, trying yeah. to sustain, it's mm -hmm. all their blood, sweat, and tears, right? Yeah. Um, I would you know sell them the idea of you know staying positive, staying. You know, really healthy. Your business, you know, stay afloat during the crisis, during the lockdown. Instead of just promoting the you know negative effects of your business gonna be destroyed, your yeah. business gonna you know not not gonna make any sales or make any money if you don't have these strategies or you know uh, systems in place. Mm. I will go for another approach, which is to sell positivity in like a gray world. Like this is what what my mentor told me. If you really want to sell something, you sell colors to the gray world. Sell colors to the dark world. Mm. That's what I believe. It's way powerful than just selling more gray, more dark items in the dark world. Okay, so here's one more question. Since we are talking about all this, right? Uh, there is this group of people who are not promoting anything. They're just trying to, you know, become the pack leader of their industry. Whether is it marketing, uh, you know, finance, uh, or you know, they are hosting all these uh, free webinars or free submits to actually uh, increase their brand awareness uh, and they just want to help people. Like, what do you think about it? Because that also contributes to information overload. Like, how do you feel right. about it? I mean, there's n you have no way stopping them to do that. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, eventually entrepreneurs or people who are really there to help, to transform, to change uh, yeah. other people's businesses, Mm -hmm. I, I I mean there's nothing wrong to it. Yeah. But 100 percent there's nothing wrong. Yeah, but don't you know try to take advantage of you know the whole situation under yeah. this. And I yeah. think like going back to the point where you know don't try to chase every single thing you see online. Like I think that's like one very um big message I want to bring up because uh many of the times people are just attracted to all these submit after submit after seminar after seminar and they don't get any results because they just purely don't focus on one or like take action on one. So it, it ends up, you know, when they are not successful, they blame the seminars, they blame the, like their mentors and they say like this thing doesn't work, but they just are not willing to put in the work. Like I'm sure from one year ago till now, I'm sure you put in a lot of work to become good at what you do. And uh, that's how you see, you know, some success even during a crisis, right? Sort of, <laughs> sort of, <laughs> yeah. But you know, as what you said, that um, like people should really try to filter down what they see online because information is just overload, like everywhere. Even for yeah, it's just everywhere. That even that the summit that you registered might be just you know a Google search away. Like the information that right. the summit is sharing might just be. A Google such a way, yes. or it might be just a YouTube video away. 
Agreed. So don't be trying to spend the time and the money and listening to someone that just kind of like scrape information from Google and then sell you. Correct. And it's all like, re- some, sometimes, I would say sometimes, not all the time, but like sometimes it's just repurposed and maybe it's because you just need the, you know, the fire from the person saying it. That's why you need the submit. Uh, sometimes you, if you are a person who can just absorb uh, normal videos online, then just go to YouTube. I mean, today I was just talking to a friend. He was like saying, I need to be more resourceful. Like, uh, the things that Brian shared with me is like everywhere. Like it's on YouTube, like how to actually uh, make my ads better and stuff like this. It's all online. And he was like saying, I need to learn how to search more on YouTube or Google. And it's exactly the point I want to share with everyone. Like uh, it's really not about how much resources you're given, but really how resourceful you are. So uh, that's really a, like if, especially if you want to start an agency, like I think uh, so many of us uh, started from zero. So we actually have to be really resourceful to find, you know, uh, new materials or like uh, how to become better at what we do and everything. Yeah. True. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's how much you can filter away mm. and really pick on one thing that you want to use it or one thing that you want to learn and master for the rest of like five years, 10 years time. Yeah, for sure. And maybe like, you know, since my audience is, I always ask this question at the end of the interview, like, uh, you know, what will you tell your, your 15 year old self um, about, you know, like, how are you right now, Jason? Turning 23 this year. Yeah, turning 23. So like eight years ago, what would you have told yourself? That's a really, wow. So the thing is, when I was 15 years old, I don't like to go to school. <laughs> you know, I always try to skip school, go to somewhere else. <laughs> but, <Bad> boy, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but um, if I were to tell my 15-year-old self, is to go try different things, to yeah. try more things. For sure. Like, one thing that I feel proud that I skip school is that I try a lot of things. Mm. And, like, when I finished school at 17 years old, I somehow know where I want to go. Like, I, I knew what I like to do, what I don't like to do. Mm. And really just, if you're 15 years old, just go out there Try different things, but don't skip school. Don't skip school, <laughs> right? Try different things. Um, find out what you really like. And then once you have graduated, you can start making your own decision and moving towards there. So, so Jason, do you like, like you know, accounting and finance before you, you entered uni? No. <laughs> no. Um, so, like, if I were to really talk about, like, the backstory, it's going to be long. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, Long story cut short. Overview, yeah, long story cut short. I finished, you know, uh, high school and yeah. then I go into college. My plan was to actually go for like, you know, the medical industry. Mm. I was studying science back then. Yeah. But then uh, when I start to, you know, choose for my degree, mm-hmm. we don't have enough money for that. So uh-huh. I picked, you know, accounting and finance. That's the secondary. Right, because it was yeah. definitely much safer and you, you knew like you could get a decent job, this decent paying job afterwards and all. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that was, you know, advice from my parents. Mm. I'm like, okay. Right. 
But I, I mean, I'm glad that you actually found like what you really enjoy to do right now. And I always see your Instagram stories, like how you are teaching people about coffee and stuff like this, which is amazing. Like, I think just keep doing what you're doing. And I, I know we'll see each other at the top. La. <laughs> we already see each other at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Oh my yeah. God. Thank you so much for being on this uh, podcast. Um, Jason, I really appreciate you to take your time off and sharing so much value with my audience. And uh, where can my audience find you, Jason? I think the best way is just to reach out to me on Instagram if there's you know any problems, any questions, mm-hmm. anything that I can help. Like I try to help as much as I can. Yeah. So yeah. Guys, this guy is a giver, right? So just don't don't be afraid to reach out to Jason. Uh Jason, can you plug your handle? Like just spell out your handle. Uh, at Jace J A Y S Hang P H A N G. So it's at J A Y S P H A N G. Awesome. So that's my Instagram handle. Alright. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for you know having me.